Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. When we last left our story, the bishop was doubtful of Juan Diego's message and asked for a sign that it was truly from Our Lady. And while he waited on that sign, he sent his two trusted servants to secretly follow Juan and gather more information. Let's listen in and see what happens next. I lost him. Do you see him? Ah, I did, but but now I, I don't. I, I lost him on the wooden bridge where the brook comes out near Tepeyac. Balderdash! Balder que? Search everywhere! Is he there? Where? There. There! Not there. There. He's neither here nor there. He can't be nowhere. Hi, that's precisely where he is. He's made a fool of us. Hi, what shall we tell the bishop? We'll tell him the peasant made it up, or that he was only dreaming, only imagining it. Lie? We won't lie. We'll just present a possible truth that we have yet to completely verify. And if the peasant returns? We'll seize him and punish him severely, so that he doesn't bother us again and get the people all excited. That seems, if you don't mind me saying so, a trifle wrong. You want to go back to shoveling stables? (laughs) I do not. Meanwhile, Juan Diego was with the Most Holy Virgin, telling her what the bishop had said. That's fine, my dear son. You're not mad that I told the bishop you'd send a sign without asking you first? Of course not. Now come back tomorrow so that you may take the sign he has asked you for. Not tonight? You need your rest, dear child. 
Then I shall be back tomorrow. Antoine. Yes. Know, my dear son, that I will reward all the care and exhaustion you have put into this for me. It's reward enough to serve such a queen as you. Juan went home, weary, but at peace. After a night of rest, he woke on the following day, Monday. But before he could set out to retrieve the sign, he heard coughing from the next room. (coughs) Within hours, his uncle became gravely ill. Juan fought back tears, trying to quell the panic he felt in his heart. He ran out the door to get the healer, knowing that he may already be too late. You can heal him. He will recover? Oh, I am too late. I'm afraid you better call for a friar. He'll refuse him, I'm afraid. He wishes no colonizers in this house. Yes. I know what I said before, but please go send for a priest to hear my confession. I cannot stand. I will not get well. Uncle, I... I... I don't know what to say. You continue to care for me, no matter the cost to you, to keep putting up with a bitter old man. It is no cost. You cared for us as children, so I care for you now. If you truly wish for me to send for a friar, I shall. Maria Lucia would have wanted me to hope. Hurry, it's getting dark. And so, on Tuesday morning, while it was still dark, Juan Diego left his house to go to Tuatoloco to get the priest. When he reached the little hill of Tepeyac, he stopped to catch his breath, marveling at the mountains around him. If I go ahead on the road, Mother Mary will see me and stop me, so I can take the sign to the bishop for her. I know, but I can't go now. I have to summon Father Motolini before it's too late. Immediately, he turned toward the hill, climbed across it where there was a pass, so that he could go quickly to Tuatoloco without the Queen of Heaven detaining him. Perhaps if I come out on the eastern side of the hill, she won't be able to see me. Where are you going, Juan? But she did see him on the eastern side of the hill. My lady, I I hope you are happy. How are you this morning? Do you feel well, my lady? What is troubling you, my son? Mother, my uncle, he's very ill. A terrible sickness has taken hold of him. He 
will surely die soon. I, I must bring a priest to prepare him. But when I have carried it out, I will return here to go carry your word, my lady. I beg you to forgive me, to be patient with me a little longer, my beloved lady. Tomorrow, without fail, I will come here as soon as possible. Be not afraid, my dear. Put this into your heart. That the thing that frightens and afflicts you is nothing. Do not fear this sickness, nor any other sickness, nor any sharp and hurtful thing. Am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Do you need something more? But I am afraid. I am afraid. My uncle will die before... To our people, the old ones carry our whole tradition and memory. And when he dies, it will be like our history dying with him. And... And what? I'm afraid I won't get the chance to say goodbye to, to someone I love. Again. I'm sorry, Juan, for Maria Lucia. That is our fate. We are born to die. Do not let your uncle's sickness trouble you, because he will not die of it now. You may be certain that he is already well. Wait. What do you mean? Do you trust me? I trust you. Now, go up, my dearest son, to the top of the hill, to where you first saw me. There you will see that there are different kinds of flowers. Cut them, gather them, put them all together in your tilma. Then come down here. Juan Diego climbed to the top of the hill right away. And when he reached the top, he was astonished by all of the blooming. Open flowers, flowers of every kind, lovely and beautiful, even though it still was not their season. In the season where little survived the frost, here these flowers were giving off a lovely, extremely soft fragrance and looking like precious pearls, as if filled with the dew of the night. There were roses there that Juan did not even recognize, of a kind that did not grow there. Where will I gather the holy flowers? Here the hummingbirds sing. Where the petals fall like showers. In heaven of my heart's longing. He began to cut and gather them all. He put them in the hollow of his cloak, his tilma. As soon as he came back down, he brought the heavenly lady the different kinds of flowers which he had gone up to cut. And when she saw them, she took them with her precious hands. Then she arranged them all together 
into the hollow of his cloak. My son, these flowers are the proof, the sign that you will take to the bishop. You will tell him from me that he is to see my desire in them, and that therefore he is to carry out my wish. And you, you who are my messenger, in you I place my absolute trust. I will not let you down. Oh, and one more thing. Only open your cloak in the presence of the bishop. Juan took the road straight to Tenochtitlan. He moved quickly, but deliberately, careful not to lose a single flower. He was still very much afraid, but fought hard to give over his fear to God, to place his trust in Our Lady. When he would begin to lose heart, he would take a moment to enjoy the fragrance of the flowers, and his heart would fill again with conviction, with love for Mother Mary. But he was not out of the woods yet, for when he arrived at the bishop's residence... Psst! Manuel! Manuel! He returns! Quick! We can't let the bishop see! I must see the bishop! No one! You don't understand. I, I have a message from the queen... Of Sheba, or is the Tsar of Russia this time? We'll not let you go about spreading lies! I'm not lying. What are you bringing here? Are you attempting to poison the bishop? Give it over! No, you'll destroy them! I'll show you, I'll show you. Just don't hurt the flowers. The servants were shocked by what they saw. They grew weak at the knees, and their hands trembled. Are those Castilian roses? Oh, it can't be. They, they don't bloom here. They don't grow in Mexico at all. Astonishing. They smell exquisite and so fresh and beautiful. Let me take one. Ay, your hand. It went right through like there was nothing there. When you reach for them, they disappear. Become part of the tilma. Embroidered on the cloak. Ah, yes. We must tell the bishop. What are you waiting for? Shall I come too? Yes! Ah, I hear you have my sign. I have carried out your orders. I told her what you said. She sent me to the top of the little hill to bring you flowers. No flowers grow on that hill. But before the bishop could protest more, Juan simply opened his white cloak, and all the different kinds of flowers fell out upon the floor. And then, there, an image of Holy Mary, Mother of God, suddenly appeared painted inside the cloak. In the image, Our Lady eclipsed the sun, showing herself to be greater than the Aztec's sun god. 
She stood upon the moon, triumphant over darkness. Her face appeared like a native Aztec face, yet filled with the light from heaven. Her hands were folded in prayer, humble before God. Her dress, the color of the earth, revealed her humanity, while her sacred green mantle was dotted with stars, a glimpse of heaven. Her dress was decorated with flowers, most especially the four-petaled jasmine flower, which for the Aztecs was a symbol of the highest divinity, the sun god himself, the center of all. This flower lay on her dress directly over her womb, a sign that she carried the true god, the true center of the cosmos. To this day, there is no scientific explanation as to how it was painted. Could it be a miracle? What a beautiful image. No earthly hand could have painted. <laughs> and these roses, Castilian roses from Spain, the land of my youth. It's a miracle. These types of flowers don't grow here in Mexico. And even if they did, there are only rocks, thorns, spines, prickly pears, and mesquite trees on that hill. Even if little herbs or grasses might grow, it's December. The frost eats everything up and destroys it. These flowers from Spain, all the way here. <laughs> oh, my lady. My lady. The bishop fell to his knees, weeping as the truth penetrated his heart. Come, let's go so you can show where it is that the Queen of Heaven wants her temple built. There? Here? So it shall be. You heard the man? Our lady has come to be with us. Let us prepare her a place. I have already wasted too much time. I hand me a shovel. Your Excellency, uh, pardon me. Uh, my uncle is very sick, and I was unable to attend to him because... Say no more. Thank you, Your Grace. Ah, it is you, not I, good one Diego, who deserves such lofty titles. Through you... I have no doubt. A river of grace shall flow down through generations. Now quick, to your uncle. Uncle? You're healed. That's just as the Queen of Heaven said. So she appeared to you too? 
she appeared to you? <laughs> yes, she appeared to me in the flowery place foretold by the poets of old, the poems I taught you where the hummingbirds sing. And petals fall like showers. Yes, there she was, a golden queen, her royal mantle, a blue and green. She healed me, but not just my body, Juan, my heart. She, she gave me something I thought I'd lost forever, hope. The old gods hid their faces, but not her. She smiled at me. What's more, she told me to go to the bishop and tell him what I have seen and how I have been healed. She also said that the bishop should properly name her beloved image in your tilma, the perfect virgin, Santa Maria de Guadalupe. Juan was in tears. Our lady had kept her promise, not just to him, but to all her children in Mexico who had felt forgotten and abandoned. She had come to them as one of them, to be theirs, to care for them. She had fulfilled the promises of their prophecies, inviting them at last to the flowery place foretold, giving new life, not by the sun in the sky, but in the Son of God. They had to spread the good news. Quickly, we must go to the bishop. You think you can walk that far? I can run. Oh, please don't. They made haste to the bishop's residence, full of joy, full of hope. They brought Uncle Juan into the presence of the bishop so that he could speak to him and give his testimony. To the native peoples, it was significant that Our Lady had revealed her name to Uncle Juan. For as we heard before, the elderly were considered the keepers of tradition and his words legitimized her authority. The bishop understood this and lodged both Uncle Juan and Juan Diego in his house for several days while the shrine of the beloved queen was built at Tepeyac, at the place where she revealed herself to Juan Diego. The reverend bishop himself took the beautiful image of the heavenly lady out of the private chapel in his residence where it had been so that all could see it. The entire city was deeply moved, admiring her holy image, reverencing it, and offering her their prayers. All marveled at the miraculous way it had appeared, since no earthly hand had painted it. For almost 500 years, the tilma has not cracked, flaked, or decayed, despite soot, candle wax, and incense. The image seems to have been painted all at once, no sketches underneath, corrections, or even brushstrokes. The pigments used to paint it are from no known natural source. But as miraculous as that seems, it pales in comparison to the workings of grace that Our Lady brought. The bishop, after building the shrine, experienced a second youth. Though he was then 62, he lived another 17 years. In his last letter, he related that he was very happy and had confirmed as many as 400,000 of the native people in his last few days. All told, 8 million native Mexicans converted to the Catholic faith as a result of Our Lady's appearance. The special image of Our Lady of Guadalupe is still at her shrine in Mexico City to this day 
where millions visit every year. Maybe someday you can too. As for Juan Diego, he eventually moved to the new shrine where he spent the rest of his life as a caretaker. He tended to the flowers and to the flocks of pilgrims, and he was happy. Through his humble service, our Lord poured out his grace and new life upon the land. He who talks like an eagle had shared Our Lady's message with her people. The desert burst forth with fruit, roses bloomed in winter, and the hills sang hymns for all creation. how beautiful they are, our roses. Oh, Maria Lucia, it is just as you said, that if we remain faithful, great graces would surely come, a new life. Thousands, every day, come to see her image, to seek her grace and comfort. Old and young, and you should see the smiles of the children. I wish you could be with me now. You would love the garden so. One day, I shall hold you again. Until then, my love. Nimitz la zotra, no yo lotzin. Thou art all fair, Mary. And the original stain is not in thee. Thou art the glory of Jerusalem. Thou art the joy of Israel. Thou art the honor of our people. Thou art the advocate of sinners. O Mary, Virgin most wise, Mother most clement, pray for us, intercede for us with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. After two years of production, we are thrilled to announce that Saints Alive has joined the team at Hallow, the number one Catholic prayer app in the world. Hallow has supported us from the early days of our production and has cheered us on at every step of the way. With the support of their incredible team, we will continue our monthly Saint episodes and create brand new series in 2024. 
including a Lenten series for kids and Eucharistic miracles. We are so grateful for all of you, our listeners, and we can't wait for you to hear all that we have in store. And don't forget to mark your calendars for our next episode on St. Thomas Aquinas, premiering January 15th. From all of us at Saints Alive, Merry Christmas. We wish you and your families a blessed Christmas and Happy New Year.